You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Friday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to on a Friday as we get you ready for BYU's home opener tomorrow night. BYU taking on Troy, 8.15 p.m. Mountain Time. We'll break that down. Players you'll want to know about from Troy. What BYU looks to do in terms of their personnel as they get ready for this game. So a lot to get to on that front. Also need to talk a little bit about some of the news involving BYU and name, image, and likeness. They signed up with a new company to prepare themselves to help student-athletes whenever uh, they decide to actually allow for name, image, and likeness payments to be paid out. We'll explain all of that ahead on today's show. So a lot to get to, and let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 25th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for taking the time to download your daily podcast, Focus on the BYU Cougars, with us here. If you're just finding the podcast, welcome on in. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about, as well as passing along insider tidbits you will not find anywhere else as well. Essentially, just making it fun to be a BYU fan and talking Cougar sports each and every day. So hit that follow or subscribe buttons so you never miss an episode wherever you listen in from on your podcast provider of choice. All right, starting off today's show, let's talk about BYU and Troy. BYU's second game of the season officially as they take on the Trojans, scheduled for tomorrow night, 8.15 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN. It will be hashtag BYU after dark. And I'm interested to see how the Cougars do in this game. I think that Troy is a better program than most might consider they are coming into this game. The spread for this game has stayed right around the two-touchdown mark for the majority of the week. It opened up initially that I saw at 16 points, came down to 14 points, and depending on which sports book or online betting site you seem to look at, it's ranging anywhere from 13.5 points to 15 points. And I may there may be a couple of outliers out there, but that seems to kind of be the consensus that BYU is going to win this game by two touchdowns according to odds makers. I think that's a fair assessment. I'll give you guys my official score prediction here in just a minute, but let's talk about some of the players you're going to want to know about from Troy and keep an eye on. First off, their signal caller, Gunnar Watson, completed 27 of 30, excuse me, 26 of 37 attempts last week in their win over Middle Tennessee State. That went for 248 yards. It's a nice completion percentage of 70.3% had two touchdowns against one interception. This will be just his second career start. He was sacked four times a week ago, and I think BYU needs to come after him in this game. There cannot be a passive pass rush or a passive defensive thought from BYU in this game. They need to bring the same fire, energy, and intensity that they brought against Navy and really get after Watson and rattle him if at all possible. He's going to pass the ball a lot, obviously. This is an air raid attack, mainly from Troy. And Khalil McLean, he is the big star for Troy on offense. Last week against Middle Tennessee State, six receptions, 75 yards, and the two touchdowns that Gunnar Watson tossed, both of them went to McLean. McLean is six foot four and every bit the part of an NFL looking type wide receiver for Troy. He's a former quarterback of the collegiate level 
role, transferred to the Juco ranks and kind of reinvented himself as a wide receiver. And I have to say, I'm extremely impressed with McLean. The good news is, as I reported earlier this week on this podcast, if you guys listen to this podcast every day, I promise you, you guys will be the smartest BYU fans out there. Chris Wilcox is expected to resume playing for the Cougars this week, and having a guy who's six foot two is going to help defend against a guy like Khalil McLean. I get that Chris Wilcox has had his lumps in the past, but he's proven to be a pretty good defender of opposing teams' best wide receivers. That's not to say the other guys on BYU's roster won't be able to compete and hopefully slow down a guy like Khalil McLean or the other wide receivers for Troy, but you need your best cornerback, and that currently on the roster on paper at least is Chris Wilcox to lock up a guy like Khalil McLean so I'm looking forward to that battle in tomorrow night's game flipping over to the defense for Troy two guys to keep an eye on I would uh, kind of pay attention to if you're looking for guys to keep an eye on with one additional I might talk about here in a minute the first one though is Carlton Marshall he's an undersized linebacker probably five foot ten I think they list him at five foot eleven but he's not a very tall guy but the one thing he has as a linebacker is speed. He flies around the field making plays. He's able to duck under blocks. BYU's offensive line should be able to boss um, Troy around in the trenches. You would hope, at least in this game. Uh, Even without a guy like Tristan Hodge, we already talked about earlier this week, is out due to pneumonia this week and probably is going to be out for at least another week or so. But I feel like a guy like Carlton Marshall, his ability to really just kind of sneak under blocks, make plays all over the field, is going to make him a general nuisance for BYU on offense. They're going to have to make sure they account for him on every play and make sure they get him blocked up or else he could wreck a lot of things for the Cougars. Additionally, last week, uh, Troy had a good defensive outing. And that's not to say that Middle Tennessee is good by any means because everything I've seen from Middle Tennessee is they are just awful, Uh, but they did have a number of turnovers. Terrence Dunlap is one of the guys to keep an eye on. He had two of Troy's official three interceptions last week. I believe uh, they also had a pick six negated as well as a fumble recovery for a touchdown negated due to penalty. This is a Troy defense who's going to come after you, but Dunlap having two interceptions a week ago is a guy to keep an eye on in this game. And I think that all things considered, BYU is the better team on paper than Troy, but Troy's ability on offense to really just run all kinds of plays. Last week, I think they ran 97 in their win over Middle Tennessee State. Uh, For comparison's sake, BYU, after dominating Navy, only ran 71 plays in their win. So this is a go-fast, go-hard offense for Troy. BYU's defense needs to be able to hold up, and they will do so without the services of one of their senior leaders in Isaiah Kafusi. Isaiah Kafusi has been ruled out due to the COVID-19 spike that really affected BYU and necessitated them postponing their game against Army last week. And it's unfortunate because Isaiah Kafusi is a fringe NFL prospect and he needs all the film he can get. Uh, Here's hoping that he's able to be cleared and he can play next week against Louisiana Tech. BYU does have a bevy of linebackers, I think, that are capable of filling in for a guy like Kafusi. Think of guys like Peyton Wilgar, uh, Pepe Tanuvasa, uh, uh, Logan Peely, another name that comes to mind. Even his brother Jackson Kafusi is one to keep an eye on. But Isaiah Kafusi, and this is probably some breaking news for some of you, will not play or is not expected to play in tomorrow's game. Uh, he is out due to COVID-19 concerns. One other player for BYU personnel-wise that I am aware of, and I'll be clear on this, there are going to be guys that are going to be in warm-ups as we cover the game tomorrow night that may be warming up that we didn't expect to or may not be warming up that we expected to be. 
It's a very fluid situation, but I do not expect Isaiah Kafusi to play in tomorrow night's game. Tristan Hodge also not likely to be available. And a guy that some thought, and I actually thought this as well, that I expected to have an opportunity to replace Tristan Hodge along the offensive line is Kiefer Longson. Longson, similar to Isaiah Kafusi, based on what I am hearing from my sources, has also been ruled out due to COVID-19. Whether that's his, he has tested positive, similar to Kafusi, or if he's just out due to contact tracing, I'm not expecting either him or Isaiah available for tomorrow night's game. I think that makes it pretty clear that Connor Pay likely gets his first career start at right guard for BYU. And I think that Connor Pay is impressed in fall camp, but this is still a very young man relatively in football parlance to play his first career game and start his first career game in just the second game of his collegiate career. So it looks like along the offensive line, I'm expecting left to right to be Brady Christensen, Clark Barrington, James Empey, Connor Pay, and then uh, Chandon Herring at right tackle. If BYU is uncomfortable with Connor Pay at right guard, they also could decide, you know what, we have Blake Freeland who started a number of games a year ago at right tackle and tell Chandon, hey, you're going to be our right tackle in the future for the rest of the season once we get a guy like Tristan Hodge back, but we need you to slot inside to play right guard for the time being, and that actually be a good idea, I think, in many regards, because he's a senior who has started a number of games both at tackle and at guard and would not seem out of place for him to slot inside if BYU thinks that's the right move for them. So there you go. Chris Wilcox expected to be back for BYU as we broke here on the podcast. Tristan Hodge out for the game. And then today, we're also reporting, I am reporting, Jay Catch reporting, that Isaiah Kafusi and Kiefer Longson not expected to play in tomorrow's game against Troy for the Cougars. All right, so there you go. Some of my thoughts on this game. We'll give you my score prediction here in just a little bit. We do need to talk about the news yesterday of the Pac-12 and the Mountain West returning and what it might mean for BYU later on in the season when those two leagues finally get on the field. We'll discuss that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Built Bar. Are you guys out there trying to find the best tasting protein bar? Well, you should be if you're not, and that's Built Bar. Built Bars are absolutely phenomenal, guys. 18 unique flavors, no matter what you like. You're a guy who likes chocolate. You guys like fruit flavors. They've got 18 different flavors. I guarantee you can find one, two, or maybe 15 that you will like. I love Built Bars. They've been a perfect complement to my weight loss journey. No matter where you're at in terms of trying to put on weight, you're a guy who lives in the gym, you're a guy who's trying to lose weight like myself, they are perfect for the health conscious guy or gal out there. They're high in protein, high in fiber, but low sugary, low, cal- low sugar and low calorie. And the best part is they taste legitimately like a candy bar. I mean that sincerely. They are the best tasting protein bars I have ever had bar none. Check them out. Uh, go to BuiltBar.com. You can learn more about their completely revamped Built Bar they've just recently launched. Also can learn more about their other products like Built Go. They have some great products, speaking of the company with Built Bar. Use the promo code Locked On right now, by the way, at BuiltBar.com. You'll get $10 off your next order. Doesn't matter if you're a longtime listener who's ordered multiple times from Built Bar or it's your first time ordering for them. $10 off your first order using the promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com. Guys, it's a significant savings on the best tasting protein bars out there. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code Locked On and thank us later.
As you guys probably heard, and if you didn't, I would be surprised, but uh, the Mountain West Conference, as well as the Pac-12, both announced yesterday they're going to resume their seasons, their fall seasons, later on this fall. The Mountain West will begin play, it sounds like, on October 24th. They're anticipating playing an eight-game conference schedule ahead of a Mountain West Conference title game on December 19th. The Pac-12 will kick off two weeks later. They're going to try and pack in seven games in seven weeks before they have the Pac-12 title game on December 18th. Now, you can go out there and bellyache about the fact that it's all hypocritical that these conferences were like, hey, we're going to cancel things. We we see the reality of this virus, blah, 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 blah. I get that, but I always anticipated that once programs and conferences in the SEC, the ACC, etc., decided, you know what? We're not following the Big Ten's lead. We're not following the Pac-12's lead. We're going to play football, and BYU, to their credit, stuck with it and said, you know what? We can do this thing. We can play games. I always thought that these leagues were going to come back at some point. They couldn't afford not to play. Obviously, the MAC is kind of the last to really figure their things out. They're supposed to have a vote during today to see what they will do. But I think that based on what we've seen so far, and there have been 21 games, if I'm not mistaken, across the football bowl subdivision that have either been postponed or canceled so far this season, and we are entering week four of the season this weekend. That makes me think that the Mountain West Conference and the Pac-12, despite their best efforts, are probably going to have games postponed or canceled. Could that create an opening for BYU to play some games against teams, let's say like Boise State, Utah State, Utah, or essentially anybody in those two conferences? I think it could. I do wonder, though, how uh, those conferences would react to some of these programs deciding, you know what, if we can't play our conference game, are you going to let us play BYU? There's a lot of angst still in the conference offices out of the Mountain West Conference out there in Colorado. You can think of a guy like Craig Thompson, who's still miffed that BYU left them high and dry all those years ago, and he has held on to that grudge. I mean that sincerely. He has held on to a grudge for this long. I do think programs like Boise State and Utah State, if it came to it and they had games, a game or games canceled slash postponed because they're trying to fit these games into a very tight window with a virus that we all know can nix things at the drop of a hat, it feels like. I think BYU could be a team to keep an eye on for some of these programs to say, you know what, we want to play a game. We're going to play BYU. It may end up with these conferences deciding, you know what, we can tell you that we don't want you to do it, but we can't really stop you. And they play play these games against the Cougars. How nice would it be to have some marquee opponents end up on BYU's schedule after all? Not going to lie right now, based on what we're seeing, uh, both conference-only models for Utah State and Utah in the Mountain West in the Pac-12, BYU's schedule looks very lackluster all of a sudden. It would be nice to see them get an opportunity to really bolster their lineup in uh, November with some high-level opponents. Obviously, there are other conferences out there, the American, who have been very amenable to helping BYU out with scheduling. I could still see a game like UCF coming onto the schedule, but it's always been, I said this on Twitter last night, and it revolves around all of this involving COVID-19 in this football season. The entire situation that college football finds itself in, and let me make this clear, it's always been fluid and remains fluid, and the people that are going to 
weather this storm, I know that's a weird term, but who's going to weather this storm the best are the programs and conferences who adapt best to the fluid circumstances around them. I mean that sincerely. I tip my cap to BYU, the administration at Brigham Young University. They have done a marvelous job making sure that they have everything covered while also making sure that they give the best opportunity to their student athletes. That means football because obviously these other sports are going to play either this winter or next spring, but they have done everything within their power to make sure that the student athletes, speaking of the football program at BYU, have had an opportunity to play football this fall, and I look forward to seeing how things play out the rest of this year. As Kalani Satake said earlier this week, BYU had a blip. They had an interruption in their regularly scheduled programming, and they don't anticipate having other games canceled and or postponed this season. They can say that. I completely respect them saying that, and they will do everything they can do to preclude that from happening. But similar to every other program, it sounds like now 115 of the 130 football bowl subdivision teams are now going to play football this season. All 115 of those need to be adaptable to the circumstances around them. COVID-19 is not going away anytime soon, folks. Let's be clear about that. And all of the things that people have been out there spewing, myocarditis, uh, that we can't, in good conscience, allow all these tests to go to athletes when other people can't get them. There's been so many things that have been thrown out there against why football should be played. My opinion the whole time was that if there was any possible way football could be played, it would be played. Played. And we're seeing it. It is being played or it's being scheduled to be played, but it still remains a very fluid situation. And all of these programs, BYU is included in this, need to be adaptable and understand, you know what? At the drop of a hat, we may need to change gears and do something different. I, I loved yesterday, the Pac-12 out there. They've got both Larry Scott as well as some of the presidents of the university. Money did not play into this decision. Okay, I'm calling total BS on that. You're going to lose money. Let's be clear. BYU is going to lose money. Every program is losing money amidst this pandemic and also with the shutdown of football for a time. But to say that football was not the deciding, excuse me, to say that money was not the deciding factor in football or it wasn't a deciding factor in football, that's disingenuous. I can't respect that. I think it's completely a load of crap. And I think the Pac-12 would be better served to say, you know what, football was... Yet again, money was a deciding factor in our resuming our football season beginning in early November. I think that there are going to be games canceled. I don't think that the daily testing at the Pac-12 level is going to preclude them from having games either postponed, moved, or canceled. I still think there are going to be some. And the opportunity for BYU is there, in theory, let's be clear about this, in theory that they could pick up some opponents later on this fall. I look forward to seeing the opportunity for the Cougars open up, opportunities maybe, but they have to just stay patient. I know there's a lot of BYU fans. I've had a number of you hop into my mentions on social media, send emails in, say, Jake, why is BYU only announced the, what, nine games they have scheduled now? Well, I think that they're playing things close to the vest. They want to keep themselves open to the opportunities that may present themselves later on this season. I don't think that the Pac-12 and the Mountain West – 
truly in their heart of hearts believe that every one of the games they're going to schedule here are going to be played as scheduled. There's already been 21 games across the football bowl subdivision, BYU Army, one of them, that have been canceled or postponed due to COVID-19. You can't tell me these other conferences out here in the Western United States are going to, you know, marvelously pull off a season. It'd be cool if they did. Let's be honest. It'd be awesome to see them be successful and really be kind of a beacon amidst all the other crap going on with COVID-19. But I think you have to plan for the best, prepare for the worst when it comes to college football this fall. And we'll see what happens for the Cougars. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll give you my score prediction for tomorrow night's game, as well as catching up on a couple other notes involving BYU athletics. A really cool uh, partnership BYU announced yesterday that we need to talk about for a minute as well. That's called coming up next here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, guys, as we close things out on a Friday edition of the podcast, wanted to talk about a really cool partnership that was announced yesterday, and that is BYU and Open Doors. And you're probably wondering, okay, what in the world is Open Doors, Jake? Well, Open Doors and Open Doors Ready is actually a company that has been built up to help college athletics, and we're talking athletic departments, prepare for the changes that are coming with regards to name, image, and likeness policy that is only a matter of when, not if, it'll be approved by the NCAA. And what that means is student athletes athletes are going to have the opportunity to be paid for their name, image, or likeness. Who knows what the limits might be on it? I think it should be an uncapped system, honestly. That's just my personal thought. You shouldn't cap this for these student-athletes and how it's going to be paid out, all that different stuff still to be worked out. But this is a company that has been building itself to help these athletic departments prepare for the changes that are coming. BYU announced this partnership with Open Doors Ready yesterday. Uh, it's, they're officially called the Name, Image, and Likeness NIL readiness program powered by Open Doors. The program is designed to help student athletes maximize their NIL value by providing social media brand development solutions with proven effectiveness at the highest ranks of professional sports. You're going to see quarterbacks at BYU endorsing car dealerships, uh, products, industries. By the way, if you'd like to do that on this podcast, happy to have you guys on board. Email us lockedonbyu at gmail.com. It's a plug, uh, shameless plug for this podcast because we like to do the same thing, but you're going to allow student athletes on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. They're going to be able to endorse different products, different companies, brands, whatever it might be, and be paid for it. I think this is a smart partnership for BYU to get ready for this because, like I said, it's only a matter of when, not if this change is coming to the NCAA, and BYU can be on the forefront of it. There have been some other programs out there who have announced that they are signing up with Open Doors on this, but the agreement positions BYU is the first NCAA athletics departments to join Open Doors Ready. BYU is the first Division I independent program and the first in Utah to become a Ready partner. So it's a cool partnership for the Cougars. You're going to see them really get an opportunity here to get a leg up. Who knows if it really helps them on the recruiting front at this juncture, but I do think the fact that BYU is being proactive about this and realizing, you know what, changes on the horizon. We need to be ready for it, and they think that open doors can help themselves out. I think it's a welcome and a smart decision by BYU and their administration for this. A statement put out in the release yesterday from Tom Homo said, quote, name, image, and likeness rights has the potential to shape the next decade of college athletics. Beyond its impact on recruiting, we see this as an opportunity to provide our players with an education and life skills that will bring them value well beyond their days on campus. As NIL changes become more clear, we are quick to survey the market and find out what I and our staff believe to be the best solution in the market 
market to prepare our student athletes for success. That's open doors ready. Statement from Kalani Satake in this release also said, quote, our program believes in helping our student athletes develop not just as players, but as successful people beyond the field. That's something that Kalani's been saying since the day he arrived at BYU. He continued, with open doors ready, we can help them understand and improve their opportunities off the field. This is about preparing our athletes to win once rules allow, but more importantly, to give them the education and tools to prepare to prepare them for a successful future. And this is not going to just limit it to BYU football. All student athletes are expected to have this opportunity, and BYU's basketball program is one of those I think will also have a large opportunity here. Mark Pope, his statement said, change is coming to college athletics, and it's our role as leaders to help our athletes prepare to, to the best of our abilities. He continued, whether changes come today or a year from now, the Ready program will put BYU student athletes in an excellent position to maximize the value of their personal brands, unquote. I think this is a fantastic partnership. And like I said, I applaud BYU for being proactive on this and realizing, you know what? Changes are coming. Let's get ready for it. All right. A couple of the notes before we go on today's show is first off, we need to say farewell and rest in peace to one of BYU's all-time legends in basketball. And that is Dick Melka, a former BYU All-American for BYU basketball, has passed away at the age of 76. He passed away earlier this week. He'd been battling stage four cancer for the past several months. He was an all-state standout at West High School before his All-American career at BYU. He led BYU to the NIT and national championship under Stan Watts in 1966 and a pretty fascinating story about this because uh, Dick played from 1963 to 1966 and then went on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints after his college career then came back and played for the 1970-71 Utah Stars that defeated the Kentucky Colonels in the championship series in the American Basketball Association you know it as the ABA a pretty fascinating basketball career, but farewell to a BYU legend. Uh, speaking of Dick Namelka, our condolences go out to his family and friends on the loss of a great, great man. All right, one final note for you on today's show, and that is my score prediction for tomorrow night's game. As I mentioned earlier on in today's podcast, I really do think Troy has a big-time offense that's going to pose some problems for BYU. It's a completely different type of offense. We're going from one extreme to the other, folks. Speaking of Navy to Troy, you had an option, flexbone, triple option scheme for Navy three weeks ago almost, 19 days ago, when BYU finally kicks things off tomorrow night. And now, just under three weeks later, you're facing off against one of the high-powered air raid teams that is out there. I think BYU needs to be ready for this game. The pass rush has to get after Gunnar Watson. There can be no more of this rush three drop eight scheme. BYU needs to show the same tenacity, the same grit, the same fire, just the same aggressiveness they showed against Navy tomorrow night. And that'll help them slow, at least, Troy down. I still think BYU is at least 10 points better than Troy in this game. I think BYU's offense is for real. I've talked about it on this podcast. You can go back and listen to it. I think they're getting a little bit under or disrespected, underrepresented for what they did in that game against Navy. But BYU is ranked number 18 in the country currently, and they need to live up to that billing and go out there and absolutely dominate this game. So here you go. Here's my call for this game. I think BYU wins. I think the score is going to be BYU 38. Troy 
27. So I think it's an 11-point spread for the Cougars. I think that Troy will score points, but I think BYU scores more, and BYU gets enough stops on defense to win this game. If they do not, you can guarantee what we'll be talking about tomorrow night on a special edition of the podcast. The disappointing nature of BYU hopefully avoids of a loss. They can go out there, dominate this game, and really strengthen their claim as a top 25 team and you know what? Only thing you can do at this point is go out and win the games that are in front of you if you're the BYU football program. So there you go. My prediction, BYU 38, Troy 27. Looking forward to the game. We'll have pregame coverage on the Zone Sports Network all day long tomorrow, getting you ready for this game. Also on today across the Zone Sports Network, 97.5 FM and 1280 AM. Make sure you tune in there. I'll do a special edition of the podcast tomorrow night or probably be early Sunday morning before it goes up considering it's an 8:15 kickoff, but we will be there for you reacting to whatever happens between the Trojans and the Cougars. Enjoy the game, folks. I hope you guys are all doing well, being safe, being smart, and enjoy the game tomorrow night. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 25th, 2020.